test, test. <clears throat> hey, welcome to the Upload Iceberg. If the upload is the content you see above the water as the viewer, I'll cover the journey and data behind growing a YouTube channel that you can't see in the murky depths below the surface. I'm Dan, that's me. This is episode 9, recorded after hitting 3,300 subscribers on December 23rd, 2023. Today is December 28th. I'm not on video today. I'm hiding. I was sick. You might be able to hear it. I had a pink eye. Conjunctivitis, big time. So I'll spare you. We'll keep focused on the screen share today. And I promise this isn't another Eleven Labs voice clone audio trick, though I very much wanted to try that out for a full episode. More on that later. Let's get right into it today. Lots of vids in this period, lots to cover, and I want to unofficially look back at overall numbers for 2023 and summarize how I thought about this year on YouTube and kind of how I'm thinking about 2024. Let's title this something like Small Creator YouTube Numbers. The milestone period was from November 26th, 2023 until December 23rd. At that 3300 mark, I've cooked up a special holiday thumbnail. Daily view numbers for 2023 imposed in the Colorado sky. I know we were doing a fun thing where I rip a meaningless screenshot out real time. I might still continue that next year, but for special episodes, or at least the ones that might get extended reach like a year recap, maybe I'll dress it up, pretend to be fancy occasionally. We've got our period here. If we're looking at our benchmarked analytics that we have been doing recently, 25,500 views in this period, around 910 views per day, up from 750 in the previous period. Last time we looked, the 48-hour period was popping, and no different here. Things are still trending that way, and I, I think that's kind of expected, given that this has centered around two consumer holidays, these two episodes. And we also have a big spike in shorts. We can talk about this. We will talk about this. So not quite the spike in long-form views that this might look like um, without noting that you know this short did a couple thousand, I believe. Other metrics in this 28-day period, when we are comparing to last time, about 980 watch hours, up slightly from 950 before, 99 subscribers, up slightly from 84 last period, and about 56 bucks, up slightly from 53 last time. So I expect this to slow down coming up. Kind of see the month-to-month revenue, 46 bucks in July, a little bit down to 40-ish, August, September, and spiking for the holidays in November. I think this is going to fall back down um, as we round out the year here. We've got a CTR in long-form videos up to around 7.5 from 7 in the last period. Average view duration down slightly to 249, but nothing to get too worried about here, particularly because the two long-form videos that I produced in this period were generally shorter, so not worried about that in the slightest. On the revenue front, this $56 breaks down to an average of $2 per day, up slightly from last period, with a high of, what's this... 287 and a low uh, 159, low of 147 here. Pretty stable throughout this period. And then for videos, we've got a lot in this time period, you know, relatively for me at least. Two potties to start this period off on the 26th and 28th. Again, kind of catching us up to real time to be able to produce these episodes as we hit the milestones. Slight delay, obviously, this time because I was sick in the holidays. Uh, but really focusing on that Colorado trip and some added information around the 100 to 400 lens. If you're new, I'm coming to the pod every one of these mini milestones or every 100 subs for the moment. The goal is to look at analytics, dive into the videos from the period, and then offer some thoughts on the YouTube journey itself. On the shorts front, and we'll dive into all these a little bit, on the shorts front we have this RF 100 to 400 and Lightroom AI advances, though 
you know, I think this is cleverly about uh, Theory 11. <laughs> Not Theory 11, that's a playing card company. 11 Labs. So did some voice cloning, but kind of guided the viewer as if this was not. Um, we'll get into that. We've got an f-stop camera bag accessories short around the Molly system on that bag specifically. It's something that I use pretty heavily. And, you know, some people, I don't really know a lot about how other people use these bags. I don't personally know anybody else with one, uh, but probably underutilized for some. So just sharing that, sharing that accessory short as a cut from the full video is something that I want to experiment a little bit more with. Like I've said in prior episodes here, I'm testing Riverside to do that. I was using Pod Squeeze for some of these um, timestamps and transcripts and AI show notes for some of these episodes, and I've been testing Riverside instead in the recent history. It seems to do a pretty good job with these AI selections, and their captioning is pretty spot on as well. So going to be playing around a little bit more with this, and I think focusing on that Molly accessories bit from that video makes for a good short, potentially. Again, kind of in the goal of where I can, producing a short and connecting it to a long-form video in hopes of you know highlighting a small feature in a short form and then linking back for people to get a deeper view on the full video if the short interests them. I've got a top 10 picks of 2023. Last episode, I talked about you know having struggling a little bit with style and curation and didn't really expect or hope this to do, <laughs> to do any reach, but served as a good activity for me to try to look back on some of my um, 2023 Lightroom catalogs and select what I thought were maybe 10 of my strongest images in no particular order. But you know, I think this is something to practice that I'll try to do a little bit more frequently. Whether or not I share it you know, more frequently is a, an open question. I'm not, you know, I don't think it's super valuable here for the average viewer, uh, but something that, you know, that process I think will make me a better photographer. And obviously that's a big goal here. And then we've got the final short in this period was a sponsored short from Recut. It's that video editing tool that has been a sponsor on prior episodes. Um, this was something that I planned to create, hoping to get a little bit of reach, kind of piggyback on the reach of the Rode PodMic, the Rode Caster Duo, see if I could reach a wider audience around those two search terms or those two interests, tie it back to the video podcast course that I was able to make for free, given that sponsorship and then link those up in the way that YouTube allows the short and video linking. Um, so let's look at all these. And then in the long form video, we've got the F-Stop Ajna long-term review, the full video, not just the short. And another look at the RF 100 to 400, this time focused specifically on wildlife and landscape. All new shots compared to the prior review. I think all were taken in Colorado on that trip. Some interesting things I try to do there. It's a lot less of a review and, and more of a slideshow of pictures I've taken, but it seems to be doing fairly well for that. It was kind of experimental in that way. How could I take those shots, add some extra color around a review that I've already done, hit on some different things, still try to package it as tips, you know, not try to package it as a review, but it's interesting. I think there's some comments there complimenting it as a, as a good review, which is really kind of fun. like it's, it's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that it was helpful. But also really funny in that, like, I really tried to boil that down to a couple tips, not really focused on the lens itself at all and just sharing the pictures. Because I think for me to be able to mix in videos like that, where it's more or less just sharing what I get out of it and setting that as a benchmark for people to look to um, who might be a little bit earlier on their photography journey than me, not quite as good, not, not, not saying that I am good, but just a little bit earlier to see, okay, this is what I can get out of the lens. That's the type of video that I really like to make and is really fitting to make after a trip. 
So I was really curious to see how this would do, how it would be received. We'll dive into that. So starting with the pods, I mean, there's not a lot of interesting things to dive in on the analytics, right? These are, uh, by definition, things that I know will be seen a little bit less. This podcast itself is targeted only to a very core of the broader audience here on this channel. I'm actually going to, I think I've been sending these out notifications to the wider audience. I'm going to stop doing that. Um, Where is that? I don't know. There's some somewhere on here you can skip notifications to the wider audience. Perhaps that's just on upload. But I'm going to try skipping that. And hopefully less people who don't want these will be notified. We'll see if that changes anything. Um, this is a good one if you want to know a little bit more about the trip itself, a little bit more about this lens. And then this episode really kind of dives into... I tried to give a little deeper look at this lens in particular. As you can tell, this is one of the podcast episodes episodes that's done a little bit better people are watching more of the way through and interested in more parts here so that's cool to see i hope these continue to be helpful for some small portion of you um, and the podcast in general if we kind of zoom out all the way on this analytics the last 90 days again this is kind of the benefit of setting up a podcast on youtube kind of getting all these baked in analytics kind of giving you a quick view at views per each avd per each um, and obviously you can see them all as a nice already defined group an analytics tab like this. So not getting a whole lot of, like you can see the spikes are around the releases, not getting a whole lot of general sustained um, traffic here. Again, all very much expected for being less than 10 episodes in. And I actually don't expect this to change until you know, maybe around 25 episodes. I'd love to see some sustained traffic here. I think by that point, I hope that the value proposition is a little bit stronger, right? The, the whole idea of the show is that I can go back and say, Hey, if you're interested in a deeper dive into these videos, or particularly if you're interested in starting up, you know, your own YouTube channel or interested in kind of the issues and things that I face around this size, you can go back and listen to these episode by episode by episode and see all the things that I've talked about growing this channel from 2,500 subscribers through, you know, whatever episode you get through growth over the next thousand or 2,000 or 3,000 subscribers. I think that's the bet on where this value proposition becomes a little bit stronger. Time will tell. Uh, but kind of don't expect continued sustained traffic until kind of that 25 episode mark. Coming up on 10, still around, that's good news. So if we dig into these shorts, let's start with the 11 Labs one. So again, the premise is this short is a voiceover. Um, you know, showing it here isn't going to do it justice, so I'd encourage you to, to actually go check this one out. If you're listening and haven't seen it, the premise is that I show up on camera, I don't say anything, then I get right into B-roll, so we've got some video clips, then we've got a whole bunch of these images from the 100 to 400. All the while, we've got the voiceover cooking, and I'm masquerading. I've set this up as a facade in that I'm describing some of the things that you can do in Lightroom, some of the, specifically the AI things that you can do in Lightroom to clean up some of these images. You know, I've talked about that in the other long-form videos, so you're not missing much from that perspective. But the twist at the end is that I've run the voiceover through Eleven Labs. If you're not familiar, it's an AI tool. You can make a voice clone. I think the plan that I was on, around 22 bucks a month, you can send in your already processed audio. In my case, I think I took most of the audio from the first four or five episodes of this podcast. So it sounds exactly like my audio does after um, editing from this mic, from this setup. It sounds like that. You type in a text box in 11 Labs and it spits out a voiceover based on the audio sample that you've provided and any deeper processing that they've done on that voice clone. It sounds scarily similar. 
So I showed this short to a few friends and family members before uploading it. And it's pretty close. Um, it's pretty close to my actual voice. I can tell that I haven't recorded this because there is some slight inconsistencies. There's a little less, uh, it's harder to pick up on the intonation differences, maybe. Or it's just like a little bit duller. I've, I've experimented with this in much longer form snippets than just 32 seconds of audio. You know, I, I, for a while I was pretty excited to try and spin up a separate podcast based on just my Eleven Labs clone. That's not something I've completely shelved, but you know, I don't, I don't want to focus on too many things right now. And I think, you know, for some people that would be a turnoff. I definitely wouldn't post that on this channel specifically. Uh, but I think we're pretty close to the point where you could take something like Eleven Labs, beef up a script with GPT, and so long as you're sharing kind of like I don't know, either news value or like tutorial type value in a podcast, I think you could spit out episodes pretty quickly. There's a lot of implications here. Um, one, you don't have to do any added audio processing on something like an Eleven Labs voice clone because the the training data you fed it has already been edited. And so it comes out sounding pretty close to what you've put through. And uh, yeah, if you're not doing a video podcast to begin with, you very much could type out a script, have that generate your voice, and it's not going to get it quite right in all cases. There are things you might have to go back and edit, but it's pretty close. And I think it's it's really interesting. Uh, it's going to have a lot of interesting implications when it gets even better. But like I said, I could tell, but a lot of the people that I shared this with, you know, they bought they bought into the trick. They bought into the premise of this reel that I was showing off some Lightroom features, and they didn't realize that it wasn't me actually speaking until the end when I reveal it. Um, so kind of wild, and you know we can see in in the reach here this short, and this is sort of how shorts get tested on YouTube to begin with. So this is not abnormal to see this massive spike within the first several hours, first eight hours here. That's not abnormal, and then it tries again to test it, and then has died since. But this had some, you know, this briefly had some wheels in a way that a lot of my short content doesn't. And you know, I got some reach on Instagram with this, and you know, I think this is important for people to understand possibility of some of the AI features and content. So I, I shared this on LinkedIn as well. And <laughs> not that it got much engagement there. I, I don't share that much on LinkedIn, but it got more than what I would typically share. So um, a really interesting look at this technology, you know, hopefully did provide some extra value around some of the Lightroom features and, and what you can get out of this 100 to 400 for those people who hadn't seen my long form videos. And I'm not trying to make this an AI channel and don't plan to get super deep into it here, but I've said this before on the podcast, trying to embrace some of these things, get into them, experiment. And I think this makes for, I've talked about how I've hated shorts before, but this is an area where I think shorts is really fun to play with. That's number one. Um, second short that came out, again, was kind of this f-stop camera bag. Uh, looking at the views here, kind of already talked about why I did this. Coming off of Riverside, AI generated in the aspect that they are... I think this is called Magic Clips is the feature. They're taking this long form video that I upload to Riverside. They're pulling out this snippet. And I think this makes a good thing to share based on that Molly customizability of the bag. Um, not doing huge numbers. You know, not, not much else to say about this one. Not doing huge numbers. Not a great retention graph. Um, but again, one of those instances where I want to hook this up to the long form video. If people find this short valuable, they've got this built-in related video call out that's coming up on screen and they can go right to that right to that piece of long-form content. So again, just kind of play around with some of this shorts for long-form discoverability. That's kind of the theme that I'm going for. Top 10 picks, 
Like I said, not expecting this to get any reach at all, but happy to go through this process. Uh, pretty decent retention curve here. It's only 20 seconds, so it's kind of good. You kind of hope to have this above 100%. You know, you want people to cycle through this multiple times. I'd encourage you, you know, not, no other call-outs here besides, you know, <laughs> not, not getting seen. But I think the call-out here that I'd love to say is, is look back on your year and take your, you know, try to figure out what your top 10 pictures were. If you don't already do this, I'm probably late to the game. I, I should have been doing this since I started my journey. These are probably things that would end up in a portfolio. If I had a more formal portfolio, probably something I should work on. Uh, but would just encourage you to go through this exercise if you haven't already. And if you're an Instagram haver, an Instagram user, top nine images fits nicely into a grid. And then, like I said, this sponsored short from Recut. A Recut is that tool that helps you nicely edit out the silence in all of your video. It's a beautifully designed and beautifully functional Mac app. It works extremely quickly. I've had no issues with Premiere. It integrates super well. You can export directly into another video file. It's one of those tools that I know not everyone on this channel is making their own video, but if you are, it's one of those one-time purchase things, one-time purchase tools that lets you just jump right into editing the actual meat of your content, cuts away all that fluff that you would have to go through and manually edit out. Works really well, one-time payment, since I found that I've been using it on every single project uh, without fail, and it's saved me cumulatively hours and hours at this point. So it's a shame more people don't know about it. I'm going to keep pointing to Recut in the description of these podcasts. Super thankful to the founder for kind of being able to, being willing to you know, sponsor this channel and sponsor some content here, despite some of the lower reach or lower numbers that I have. And yeah, just <laughs> if you know people who edit video and aren't using this, let them know that this exists. Again, goal of this short was to try to capture, try to you know catch people maybe who are looking at the pod mic looking at the roadcaster duo those types of people right those types of people might be making videos they might be making video podcasts they might be looking for a video podcast crash course so trying to hit on all those things from a value perspective trying to hit on the road pod mic and roadcaster duo from a search perspective you can see we're getting a little bit here again one of those things that you know i hope would do a little bit better and i've linked up the the free video podcasting crash course here haven't seen a big hit there. It's something I'll continue to keep tabs on. And obviously that longer course is something I'll continue to point to for people that are interested. If we jump over to long form now, yeah. We've got the Ajna review, um, rounding this out in about eight minutes. This has got what I thought was a decent thumbnail, spent a long time here. There's probably not enough contrast between the background and the bag itself. Um, though I do like how I've utilized the title and thumbnail space from a text perspective. Uh, it's not doing great from a click-through rate here. I really wanted to try to make this a dense seven minutes. You know, I have an earlier review that does pretty well. This is 11 minutes. This was when I first reviewed the bag earlier in the year. This isn't doing crazy numbers, um, but for this bag, there's just not a lot of search. Uh, there's not a lot of search views to be had. Like this isn't, you know, not a ton of people are searching f-stop or the f-stopped or diamond bags and the ajna in particular as compared to canon lenses right so this is something i expect to be seeing a lot less than normal and it's still doing pretty good compared to a lot of my other videos and i've got like not a ton but the qualitative feedback that i've gotten here in the comments is really really strong uh, which is super encouraging and and obviously kicking off some conversations right this is one of the this is one of the things that you hope to see on videos that you create it's one of the reasons that uh, making YouTube videos is worth it and fun. And one of the ways that I learn from other people 
So this is kind of, <laughs> that's kind of a stellar example of how I would hope for an Ajna video to go. And, you know, so far this is not doing that great. Um, we'll see. This is something that, you know, hope to follow up with. I think it's one of those cases, sort of like the Sigma 28 millimeter. We'll actually look at that briefly. One of those videos that I think, you know, I like, I'm proud of, I think is helpful, but just not getting the eyes. Like I haven't packaged it correctly and probably haven't, you know, taken a real deep dive on, you know, making sure that value is is hitting you every second in the eyeballs and earballs. So just not doing as good as I'd hope. This is something that I've linked on the previous video. Um, so still might have some hope for this. It's still slowly growing. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But you know, hopefully this click-through rate goes up. Hopefully YouTube finds a little bit better audience for it, a little more specific. Um, and we'll see some improvement here. The other long-form video that I mentioned was this 100 to 400. In Colorado specifically, I've tried to package this as, you know, it's short. It's a short six-minute video. I've tried to package this as a wildlife and landscape look. This is, you know, part of the value here for our viewers is it's an all new set of images and editing than the previous video I've put out on the 100-400. We'll get to the stats on this again in a second. And the style of this is very much, you know, I've tried to do a couple new things from a YouTube perspective. I've tried to feature this bald eagle shot right on the thumbnail amongst the landscape, you know, stealing a lot of things that I've stolen from my own thumbnails in the 24 to 105 thumbnails and the 70 to 200. You know, I've had videos where I've brought those on trips and showing the lens, then using one of the landscape shots that I've gotten with that lens and some text has proven pretty to do pretty well as a thumbnail. So again, trying to steal that and then trying to take that a little step further. I've talked about this on the podcast in the past like really just struggling with, you know, maybe this is a normal drop in 30 seconds for a lot of people and a lot of channels, but really struggling to try to tighten this up and make sure that what I'm pitching in the title and thumbnail is what people expect in this first intro. Um, and I think there's a lot of room for improvement here because, you know, from this period to this period is sort of, real. Well, it's not flat. You know, I'd love to see this more flat, but you're not seeing this precipitous drop. And so, you know, if I could curtail this after 10, 15 seconds and then see the graph, you know, I think then you start to end up with really helpful videos that reach a large audience. Uh, YouTube sees that as a strong signal when you start to get maybe a little bit of a banger. But here I've tried to continue that thumbnail continuity in this intro. It didn't seem to help in this retention graph, but quick montage of all the shots that I've taken previously to catch you up to speed if you've already seen the other one, kind of set the expectation that everything you see here is going to be new. And then I jump right into essentially... You know, I think I mentioned earlier, a slideshow of just the new images from this trip, their edits, and, you know, some tips around how I'm using this lens and what I think you you might, you know, take to heart to get a little bit more out of it yourself. You know, it's not doing bad. I, th I think what's weird about this video, usually I see YouTube test these videos in the beginning in browse traffic. They're trying to show it to you, my subscribers. Then after that period, if it's doing well enough, they're going to go show it in search. Typically, most of my videos get shown mostly through search and they perform okay in search. And so YouTube then goes to search after around that 48 hour period, very little before that period. And then after it almost is, you know, fully search. In this video, I, I saw a couple, like in the early days, a couple, couple pulses where it went to browse traffic and suggested a few times, few different times in the beginning before ever going to search. And then at this point, you can see this is much more linear, much steadier, much slower growth. And that's where kind of it finally, after a week, sort of started breaking into search, which is interesting. I'm not sure exactly 
why that's happening. I don't know if it's because I had a recent 100 to 400 video. I don't know how closely um, YouTube or how quickly rather they get the signal that those two are related and could be shown bang, bang, suggested in browse. So happy with how this is like pretty happy with how this is doing so far, given, you know, almost testing a whole new, I don't want to say whole new style, but you know, this is really kind of getting the bare bones, enjoying the photography and sharing the photos. Not a whole lot of like review because I've already tried to do some of that work in my traditional, you know, quote review in this video, right? That's the value of this video. There's a lot of examples here, but this is more of my traditional review. And this is more of a, you know, I hate to say story time, but that's kind of what I'm going for here. So for what this is, really happy. And I think if you're someone who finds this video, I kind of hope they get shown together because in 15 videos, the time that you might spend on a bigger YouTuber's review on this lens, in 15 minutes, you get a ton of examples and you get a good idea of what, if you're new to like bird photography like me, a good idea in 15 minutes of what you might expect to get out of this in the first year that you're shooting with it. You know, I spent a lot of time with this lens, so maybe I got a little further than some people, uh, maybe not, but 15 minutes will give you a good idea of, of what you can get and maybe how you might progress skill-wise. If you kind of view yourself as a similar skilled photographer to me, but you're also new to birds, you might get an idea of, okay, you put some time in this lens over six months and hopefully you can see the progression in some of my pictures in this video compared to these. You can get an idea of what you might end up with. So we'll keep an eye on this. We'll revisit uh, maybe the analytics. See, you know, I kind of hope and expect this to take off a little bit more, uh, but we'll see. The reason I expect that is because this video is starting to do better as well across browse. It's really getting some external Google search traffic recently, which is interesting to see. And, you know, YouTube search has kind of fallen down in terms of um, traffic sources here. Again, kind of bummed out by this, by this start, but relatively flat once people get into this and, you know, resonating enough. So good to see this, good to see the click-through rate still up there. Happy to see the engagement where it's at. It's solid, I think solid offerings for a lens that I mentioned before, a little self-conscious about, you know, putting out some shots with. I just not, I don't have a strong handle, as strong a handle on this as I do those F4 zooms, which are the bread and butter of the channel. And then quickly to revisit this short, you know, at some point this took a turn as well. Um, I don't know if this is holiday deals, not sure if this is just resonating better or YouTube's finding a better audience here. Um, but this 100 to 400 is kind of a walkthrough of, you know, maybe some of the limitations in low light, a few examples, and then really kind of focusing in on this one encounter I had with a heron locally in Pennsylvania and how I would denoise that. Not using the full minute here in this short, not a terrible retention graph for short, getting shown in search relatively often at this point. Again, this is linked up to the original 100 to 400 review, not seeing a ton of that traffic carry over and getting marked as such here if we pop this open or i think if we go reach somewhere we should have related shorts 18 views only 18 views and not a great average view duration so you know debatable whether that helps uh who knows maybe that's direct click throughs and maybe some of suggested videos as part of that to be continued what else we got so yeah so those two the new 100 to 400 long form video and the Ajna were the two long form videos from this period. In a perfect world, I'm going to keep hitting two long form videos a month, at least one, you know, in 20, we'll get to this, but in 2024 it needs, needs to be one, hopefully two a month. Two other quick things I just want to call out from an analytics standpoint. I mentioned earlier in this episode, the Sigma review is one that I'm proud of. I think it embodies kind of the thesis of this channel, but has never really done that well. 
I did at some point come back and make a new thumbnail, I, I think around here. Tried to, you know, superimpose this astro sky, keep this prominently focused product shot, and then trying to use... This is not good use of text on the thumbnail and use in the title. I'm duplicating, repeating myself. But it wasn't getting shown in search. So I just wanted to double down on that as kind of a last effort here. And somewhere along the line, this did change. Again, I think people are probably, there's probably Black Friday deals on this and it's starting to pick up then. I think I'm getting some traffic from people that are probably not cannon shooters. You know, this is adapted EF to RF and um, this is made in a few different mount types. Though I think some of the things that I'm discussing apply to everybody here. Uh, but finally seeing some suggested and search traffic here and some end screen traffic. All good to see. Click-through rate is going up. Impressions going up, obviously, and engagement as well. So this is kind of like one of those things. Sometimes people say, I'll post on YouTube. You never know when it's going to blow up. I don't love that. Like if you make a bad video, do not be waiting for a year for it to blow up. That's not going to It's not gonna work like that most times. I think this is a good... My humble estimation, I think this is a good video incorrectly packaged at the beginning. It still might be incorrectly packaged, but I think finally starting to get some of the level of traffic that I would expect. This is an older lens too, right? So people aren't necessarily rapidly searching down this EF mount 28 millimeter. Um, but because of all the continued holes in the RF lineup, this I think still serves a purpose or could serve a purpose for a lot of people based on kind of the results that I've got out of it, where it fits in my lineup. And everything that I've adapted works really well. Auto, from an autofocus perspective. So we'll see where this ends up for people. But I just wanted to call out, you know, that uptick and maybe that continues. That'll be interesting to see. And another similar uptick and one that I'm pretty self-conscious about is on this RF 85 millimeter comparison video. And I'm self-conscious because I'm not the person that is going to buy probably like I'm not the core target customer for this RF 85. You know, you're really looking at full-time professional portrait and wedding photographers. I would imagine you know, I had a great time comparing these two lenses. Uh, I had a bum shoulder on this trip, which is not good. I had separated it in, in hockey. So carrying around two massively heavy lenses as well as the 85 Samyang was not the most ideal, uh, but made the most out of it on this trip and made the most out of shooting around town. Got a lot of examples. And I think, you know, this DS smoothing version of this lens is interesting for um, Canon shooters, it's interesting regardless. And, you know, this was an idea that the thumbnail really preceded, in my mind at least, um, the making of this comparison. Um, and I think the thumbnail is pretty decent. Like, this is a higher click through rate than I would normally see, particularly recently. Um, it's a short one, so maybe that impacts the video reach and stuff. But basically, I'm a little out of my depth reviewing these two lenses. I obviously use the Fast 85 and like it, and you don't have to. You don't have to be rich or be able to afford these or want to afford these to get into this review, but I think the typical person reviewing the look difference between the RF and the RFDS is is really, again, like I said, that professional photographer using that daily in a professional setting, or at least weekly. Um, so a little out of my depth. <laughs> if this picks up anymore, I might get some little bit of heat in the comments, but that's okay. Just interesting to see that pick up again right around this Black Friday period of time where it's taking a turn. And so I think this lens, if I remember correctly, it was at least $300 off. Both of these were $300 off or maybe even $500 at a time on some sites. So I think you're getting people taking a look at these L primes, looking to save a good chunk of money on both of these and, you know, maybe comparing which of the two they want to get around that holiday time. And that's where getting some traction and maybe that's where YouTube is realizing there's a little bit of benefit here. We'll see. 
I think that's the case for both of these videos in terms of the timing. We'll see if that you know, this might be a short, short, slow, you know, spike in quotes. And maybe these will go back to their normal doing nothing reach, but we'll see. So I think that's all the content. Let's do our unofficial look at 2023. We come back to the main studio here, analytics. Let's go to 2023 advanced. And then here we'll pull out the um, the short spike. So you can see this is a big short spike. Uh, I believe most of this is what came out at this time. I think the, the grip. Yeah, this came out early March, the battery grip. This is the first short ever. And this was something that I tried to kind of re really engineer every second. You know, not every single second, but use the full minute here and really wanted to treat this as what could have been a four or five minute review and just say, you know, screw that. Not really interested in dragging this out. I don't have a ton to say about this grip. It's kind of obvious. Wanted to share my thoughts, but it's kind of obvious why and who this is for when you might want to give it a go and just condensed what could have been five minutes into a minute short. And so from that perspective, spent a lot of time on this one minute, more than probably any other short. Maybe I put the same amount of thought into that 11 Labs voice clone one, but really, you know, had to spend a lot of time to edit this into a tight edit, I think. Um, and it paid off. Like, I think this is still getting, you can see, still getting found mostly through search. Um, so kind of the similar profile to all my other videos. It's just not something that I'll probably do often. Like, it's not often that I'll review a piece of equipment and shove it into shoving into 59 seconds, though potentially this is a good fit to do a more full minute on something like the Roadcaster, something that isn't necessarily, you know, as I use that more, something that's not necessarily super intriguing to the whole audience here coming for Canon RF, but something that could get reach as a minute review, uh, something to consider. But, you know, obviously big spike here in the first 30 days. And that's what we're seeing here. And so if we pull that out, you know, our reach looks a lot less like 280 and a lot more like 200,000 views for the year, but a strong, I don't know, visually it doesn't look that strong, but to me, like a very strong indication of this is the story of, of my year on YouTube kind of first half very much felt like, all right, painfully getting the wheels spinning back again. Let's compare this to year over year. Oh, don't like that. Let's see. Year over year. That's good. So 2023 in the light blue, 2022 in the purple. Let's actually take a brief step back all the way to 2022. You know, 2022 output and creativity suffered kind of at an all-time low for plenty of different reasons. Working a little too hard, snapped on my leg. Um, <laughs> so not great. Not a great year for morale, creativity, or creating. Let's hide 2022. In 2023, you know, so very much coming out of 2022, the first half of 2023 was kind of like painfully getting the wheels spinning back up again in the first half. You know, a couple of videos really taking it easy, just trying to get get that cadence down for making videos. And then the second half of 2023, and I think you see this both in the quality and reach, like back half of 2023, legitimately shooting a lot, um, legitimately learning a lot, you know, kind of starting the car and pointing the steering wheel in the right direction. I think, um, you know, obviously these spikes are video drops, but there's at each successive video upload, there's more, just more baseline traffic that we're building with here. So that's really exciting. And I think in 2024, you know, that kind of drives me and sort of all the activities I've been doing behind the scenes in the back half of 2023 drives me not to overhype this, but 2024, I think really being the year that I take a legitimate shot and try to break out of linear um, growth. So, you know, again, we just cut out that short. This is a pretty linear view growth and subscriber growth has pretty much been 
linear forever since I actually, you know, since I actually got things going early 2021. So, so 2021 actually really trying to give this a legitimate shot. And then you know, I think 2024 needs to be legitimate shot with purpose and output. It feels like things are cranking. Um, so as long as I'm having fun learning and putting stuff out that's worth a watch, I want to keep matching my effort to that growth. If not, you know, I probably, this might change, the timing might change, but probably want to toss this channel back into hobby mode. Um, I can't imagine that photography or learning YouTube or posting will be any less fun. It's kind of like taking a hard look at all the things I could do. Maybe, you know, this channel gets deprioritized a little compared to 2023, 2024. If I reach the beginning of 2025 and still kind of in linear growth mode, I'll probably always make, even in hobby mode, I would assume that I'll always be making videos. Um, sometimes it takes a little while to see, but if I look back, I've been making videos since since I was a kid. And like some of these things like Movie Maker and Pivot existed always kind of the person in high school and college that you'd want on your video making project team. So, you know, I, I don't think this ever goes away. YouTube still, in my mind, is far and away the best option for, you know, posting content for free, the best option for getting the most reach, the best option for you know, splitting and sharing revenue with creators. I think, I just think if I don't grow as much as the effort that I put in in 2024, this probably becomes a little bit back burner. And I think the content would change slightly, probably into more artistic, creative, longer form videos, still kind of around these, all the same topics and still, you know, ultimately, hopefully focused for the same audience that I have now, uh, but probably frequency would change, I would imagine. And I'd be really trying to lean into quality, not quantity, instead of creating, you know, a goal of 12 videos, 12 shorts, 12 podcasts, it might be a lot more like six or quarterly, something like that. We'll see. I'm, I'm not trying to time box myself too, too hard. The prep work at the end of 2023 has been a lot in hopes to continue that growth, right? They're, they're starting to be a little bit of an uptick here in the back half of 2023. What can I do to continue that? And so that I, hopefully that starts with some exciting partnerships right at the start of 2024. Ones that resonate with me in what and how I'm creating what and what I want to create, and hopefully ones that will resonate with you. And if they don't resonate exactly, you know, I hope at least the understanding is there that you know, some, these are some of the baby steps that I need to start taking if I want to spend more time doing this. It's kind of scary to dip a toe into the world of sponsorships, to be honest. And not only am I doing it for this channel, but I'm doing it at the exact same time for my hockey channel. And, you know, I hope that's not a mistake to try all at the same time. But you know, either way, I think it's going to support the goal. I'm really just immersing myself in that part of things. And or if it's the right decision to try all that once or not, I know that I'm going to learn a ton in a hurry. Um, so that's for sure. So 2023 is not quite over, um, but I share these analytics, kind of these year-end analytics for two reasons. Uh, one is motivation. I have a small channel trying to do things that I like and package them in a way that others might find value. Um, and if that's something that you want to try, you know, I hope, you know, seeing some of this is motivating and encouraging to start now because it starts slow and small for most of us. And there's no way around that. As far as I've seen, you can blow up in short form content pretty quickly. There aren't many examples of many people that can do that and then immediately pivot into successful, helpful, enjoyable, long-form content. There are probably some standouts, and if you know of any, you know, drop them below. But slow and small is, is how this works for most people. Uh, the second is to be realistic and really drive home the point that you can't, or I don't think, based on my experience, you can't get into this whole world and expect fast financial results. Like, I don't want to take 
this $500 in AdSense for granted because it's like this is something I'm truly deeply appreciative to get to this point and honestly wouldn't have believed this would have been possible in prior years. Um, at the same time, I think you really have to have other closely aligned goals that aren't profit. And for me, that's getting better at YouTube in this case in hopes that I can offer that as a skill as a freelancer. You know, it's obviously getting better at photography and video editing. It's getting some shareable reach on photos that Instagram has slowly and methodically snuffed out over the last couple of years. And if I end up at $0, for me, I'm making progress on all of those fronts. And it's a win. Uh, because to be painfully honest, I am going to send Adobe more than $500 this year to pay for just Creative Cloud. Um, so as, as thankful as you are and as cool as this is to see, this is... <laughs> You could, if you weren't using Creative Cloud for other endeavors like I am, you could interpret this as still kind of a goose egg, you know, doing all of this work over years, thinking about it all the time and still kind of getting to zero. So we'll see where that gets. With that out of the way, wrapping the year at 280,000 views, you know, 200 of that is coming from long form. It's about 770 views a day in our continued benchmark metric, 10.4 thousand watch hours. Um, so if you're just starting or new or kind of on the hunt, this for context is about two and a half times the monetized watch time that you'll need on a channel. Almost a thousand subscribers. That's a nice round number. If you're one of the new subscribers in this year of 2023, thank you for joining me here. And special thanks if you're listening this deep into a podcast episode, which I know is a small fraction, and 500 in AdSense. This is probably, I haven't done the math on this, but this is probably... Something like 1500 total for the year with affiliate and sponsorship factored in. Like I said, I haven't taken a deep look at this and probably won't until tax time. We've got something like close to 2 million for long form. And with shorts getting us over the 2 million threshold, mostly around that battery grip short. That's the continued trickle you see here. That's all from battery grip, really. And then what do we got? 8, 8% click-through rate on long form. That's fine. Love to see it. Hoping I can improve this a little bit in title and thumbnail combos, honestly, or actually ho hoping to keep this and get more impressions. Typically, as if you were to have a ton of impressions flood in, you're going to see your click-through rates tank. And so, you know, keeping something around this, but um, doubling the impressions, that would be epic. I don't know if that's possible in this niche or may maybe that's still kind of average. Who knows? There's probably, about, there's probably a lot of room to grow. I just don't know exactly which direction or, or what that works out to be mathematically. But keeping this eight, percent click-through rate and um, increasing impressions would be lovely. And just kind of a standard video count, we did 10 long-form videos, nine podcasts, and 10 shorts. And would, like I said, would be cool to do 12 of each of those next year. I think that's doable. I still probably won't get to a schedule. I find that to be really difficult. I think a lot of people are going to tell you the fastest way to grow is to have scheduled videos. I think scheduling content and knowing when to come back to somebody's channel for scheduled content is a great growth hack. I think it's more important to get a good video out than to get scheduled videos out that are not as good as you can make. And so I'm still kind of committing to this period of producing the best video. It's done when it's done. Um, actually, like in some of the sponsorship or collaboration conversation I've had, it gets a little bit, you know, I'd love to toss out dates, but I've tried to, I've tried to avoid doing that. I've tried to just, if it's someone who is going to want to work with me and understand, I'm hopeful that they'll take like a, an estimated January, an estimated February upload date as um, as an answer. And if they don't, if they're squeamish about that, then, you know, potentially that reflects as someone who is not a good partner for me to work with. Because I think, you know, in order to hit that Venn diagram of good for me, good for you, good for them, 
it still should be the best video. And if that takes longer than an arbitrary deadline or semi-arbitrary deadline, I think the play is to push, push the video and make it better, make it count, uh, because stuffing it with some fluff is no good for any of those three parties. I mean, we'd love to get to a situation where I could say on the first of the month, one video is coming out for sure. And then if I, if and when the second one comes out, it's coming out whenever. Um, to be able to get to a first of the month video and have like one in the hopper, say, or or just be producing them fast enough that the first of the month always seemed doable, that would be cool. But I'm going to hesitate to say that today. Do not hold me to that yet. Last section we usually do is videos upcoming. Um, so I'll be doing kind of a spin on what's in my gear bag. I haven't done this since... I don't know, maybe the end of 2022. Canon R6 camera bag, prosumer edition, part one. This was a long time ago. Went through a lot of stuff, long video. Gonna probably shoot for shorter than this. I think I'm looking, this is scripted already. Shooting for about 10 minutes. Um, we'll see where exactly that ends up. But I think updating on the channel, what are my staples and some of the stuff that I'm more or less testing super long-term, I think is important because that's kind of, like I said, around the thesis of this video. Sort of related, but maybe less relevant to the core audiences going to be a video about how I make my videos or reviews, sort of similar to the video podcast guide, but a lot shorter, more condensed, and actually kind of an attempt to give the behind the scenes look, but actually be a helpful little guide for those making reviews themselves, maybe some tips on how to break into some of that search reach. I think that's one of the best ways to break into reach early on in a YouTube channel, target some of those niche search terms. And then a few more videos that I'm pretty excited about, but we're gonna leave it a bit mysterious until all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed, all sorts of stuff like that. And that's about all I've got for today. If you're new, I'm doing a new episode every 100 subs until about 5,000. Um, so at the current pace of growth, I'll catch you in about a month. Send out 2023 with a bang and I'll see you next year.